Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, everyone. Today, I am excited to have a guest, Linda Finley, to talk about the topic of how important it is to find other bereaved parents who have been right where you are. They get it, like the title of this episode says. Now, before I officially introduce Linda, I just want to remind you that Dave and I live in the Hope Mobile. It's a 38-foot motorhome, so we live in campgrounds. So whatever I hear you get to hear. There have been a lot of crows around today and some sawing. So whatever, whatever's in the background, it's, it's real folks. It's real. So let me go ahead and introduce Linda. Linda Finley has worked with grieving families for over 30 years. After losing her daughter in 1989, she started a resource and referral service for grieving families. Soon after, she began providing personalized aftercare solutions for hundreds of funeral homes across the nation. Linda is now an aftercare specialist who has created, facilitated, and coordinated hundreds of workshops, services, and support groups. And as a Christian lay counselor, Linda considers her highest honor to enter people's lives and help make a difference. So hi, Linda, here we are again. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. This past May, I had you as a guest for our live video, which is out on YouTube. And we talked about, does it ever get better? That was a good conversation. Yes, it was. It was. So I always like to start out with the story of our children and what brought you to this, you know, we call it the unwanted club that we've all found ourselves in. So would you please start out, Linda, by sharing your story with us? Yeah, sure. Um, Back in um, 1989, my husband and I lost our first daughter. Um, She was born and um, died two hours and 10 minutes, I think, afterwards. And um, as you would imagine, I was completely devastated. We didn't have any other children. And I found that there wasn't much support for us. You know, people kept telling us how we should have other children, we need to get over it and all this kind of stuff. And it just didn't make any sense to me and I wasn't doing really well with it. So um, we found a support group that we started going to for um, parents that lost a child. And that I found to be helpful. And just being with other parents who had similar experiences seemed to help validate what I was feeling and help me to know that there wasn't something wrong with me. Um, because just the amount of time that it seemed to be taken to even feel better seemed, seemed unreasonable to me at the time. So, yes. and I've learned so much since then. So anyhow, from there, I started working with hospice because they ended up sponsoring the support group that I was going to that I eventually started facilitating and running. And so they sponsored that support group and I did a lot of training with them. And in turn, I, I then provided a lot of training for them through the years. And I was with them until I left New York um, six years ago. So, um, in that, I met a lot of funeral directors and started talking to funeral directors and asking them, you know, what do you do for your families after their loss? And all of them said nothing, but we should. And so I kind of put my own little programs together and resources together and, and provided them to families to funeral homes and thus put me in, you know, many states across the country and over 200 funeral homes and also Canada. 
and it's just amazing how um, how that actually happened. I say I'm just very blessed that you know I partnered with so many funeral homes to be able to support so many families at this point. Um, and I did start my my own business called Morning Discoveries, and I wrote a series of books called Morning Discoveries. And um, we send out those books. I send those books out throughout the year for people to receive at specific times um, that address certain issues that might be common at the time they receive them. And I do all of that on behalf of the funeral home. Um, and I also talk to families um, before pre-COVID. You know, I obviously had a lot of support groups and workshops and different events that I um, hosted for my funeral homes and also for the church that I'm a member of. But since COVID, I've had to move all of my groups online, which right. has actually gone well, better than I had thought initially. Mm -hmm. I initially was like, oh no, this is this, I don't know how good this is gonna be. But I quickly, real, quickly realized that there was so many parents who were just isolated and probably mm -hmm. still are somewhat. And if they were you know, coming, showing up on the Zoom meeting with their glass of wine or their dinner or their munchies. And I felt, wow, this is really comfortable. Like nobody had to go out. Mm -hmm. You know, you never yes. walk into a support group with a bottle of wine you know, or anything <laughs> or food for that matter. Probably not. But um, so that's gone really well. And I think that I'll continue to do the online support groups, even when things do start, um, you know, opening up um, right now where I am. Nobody's meeting in person yet. Mm -hmm. So so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I've, I found the same thing that we moved to a couple of things to online and it, it's just continuing because it, it has just been a good thing. It has yeah. been a good thing. And have you found that some parents, they almost don't want this COVID to end because they like ice, being isolated. They like having a reason, an excuse not to go out there and be out there. And, oh my uh, God, is that is people? exactly what they, a lot of them have said is that this has kind of been a respite for them, like a forced respite, but mm -hmm. yet a welcome one once they yes. realize they were amidst it, you know? So yeah, they, I've gotten that from so many parents and, you know, they had, their lives had to slow down. And, you know, the outside, I say their lives, what's going on around right, them. Right, yes. Because as you know, when you're grieving, it seems like the whole world's just moving mm -hmm. along and here you are in this grief. So yeah, that's been really interesting. And, and like I said, I've had such a positive um, response to it and, I, and I've had some great interactions with people. I just, I'll continue to do that. So Good. Yeah. And then there's the opposite, which is what we're talking about today the isolation can also be very depressing and send parents just spiraling even further in that darkness without connections, but it's the right connections, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think that, that they're looking for something and if we're out there providing that support, it helps them to, to feel like they're connected. Otherwise, I don't know what people, I really don't know what people would do if they had to um, sit by themselves or what have you. And I do have, you know, I also work with, you know, people who've lost spouses and, and other loved ones. And I can't imagine being by myself sitting in a home somewhere and not having mm. any outside connection and just really having to fend for myself. Mm. And I've got a lot of people who are doing that. And it's really, really, the whole thing is sad for all of us that are all our people who are grieving, but that's, that's, that's like got that extra, like, I can't even, I can't even, yeah. that, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, it sounds like you pretty much looked for a support group pretty quickly, it sounds like. I, we did. As a matter of fact, um, Aubrey died on September 1st. And by October, my husband, Bob, had found that there was this support group. Wow, now that right there is unusual. 
yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because I was the one who was like saying to him, oh, I'm not going. I don't know what that's mm. about. And I'm not going to talk to strangers. I'm not, I can't do yes. that. I was totally against it. Well, he literally put me in the car for that scheduled, what he thought mm. was a scheduled meeting in October. And we showed up on the wrong night. Oh, no. <laughs> night. Uh. So I believe we had to wait. So he called the facilitator and was like, you know, here we are. And you know, all this. And she's like, well, it's not to see the first, whatever it was. Well, anyhow, mm-hmm. we, we caught up with them in November of that year. But yeah, I mean, it was like, he just didn't know what to do with me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he obviously went back to work quite quickly after Aubrey died. And here mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I was six weeks. I had to just kind of, you know, sit around and, and sit around with myself. Um, pretty much isolated, you know, and yeah, and yeah so with we, no we baby in the up. nursery, no baby to hold. Yeah. That's that's horrible. I just, it, it's interesting because it's like I I can't imagine a pregnancy or infant loss like that. And it's it seems like as bereaved parents, we hear someone else's story and we feel and and that's kind of the thought. It's like I can't imagine losing my child that way. I know. I think we all can, you know look at other losses and try and think about the things that might be different. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, losing a, a, a newborn comes with a lot of different aspects that, you know, maybe other parents lost mm-hmm. later on don't have. I'll, I'll give you one example. You know, I see, I got a lot of colleagues who post things on, on Facebook and they have like shout outs, you know, mm-hmm. for their children mm-hmm. they've lost. And one recently asked about, tell us about your child or whatever it was you know, what was their favorite color was an example. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, I actually yes. typed it in because in my mind, even though Aubrey, you mm-hmm. know, lived such a short life on, on earth, in my mind, I believe that, you know, her favorite color was red mm-hmm. and I believe that her eyes were blue. And I had no mm-hmm. reason to think any of that other than that was in my head. And I started typing it up. And even so many years later, I just deleted it and didn't post mm-hmm. it. I just felt like, oh, you know, but that's one of the things that you grieve is loss of you know, what, how would this child have grown up? And yes. that can hold true for anyone's lost a younger child or even an mm-hmm. older child or an adult child for that. Yes. You know, it's the future of all these things that this, this child is no longer going to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and you live with that for the rest of your life, you know, and there's, you do. And, and that. people don't understand that loss unless you faced it. And, and like you said, there are, there are differences in like the, the way we lose our child and the age of our child. And yet there's something that just binds us together. It's almost like an instant family. When you found someone who's lost a child, it's like you may meet someone in a conversation. You just met them. You find out they lost their child and you just want to hug. Like it's <laughs> just, yeah, it's like, just it's like, like immediate yeah. family. Yeah. 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 It, only, yeah. It's interesting that you had the same thought that I did about meeting in a group. I I didn't, there wasn't anything in my area that I was aware of anyway, but it took me probably two years to even, I forced myself to go to a group because I could see what God was doing and he was moving us into a ministry for bereaved parents. And I had never really been immersed in groups of bereaved parents myself and it's like i i can't do this if i haven't experienced the healing end of it from being around other bereaved parents and so i looked up uh for a something conference you know something i where i could go and it was like four hours away in indiana and i drove there and and the thing for me was that i i felt like i was such a mess 
And I didn't want to be around a whole bunch of people who were a mess like me. I thought we'd just sit around and blubber and cry about our kids and I would leave feeling worse than when I went. Yeah. And what I discovered was how wonderful it was to be around a bunch of people who were a mess like me right. who had <laughs> lost their child. It was the opposite. And you, how would you know that? You know, it's like if you, again, when you talk about support group, even way back when Aubrey died, I mean, that was just on the cusp of being something that was heard of even, you mm -hmm. know, and nowadays we have so much available, you know, with the internet, there's so many resources out there, but sitting there in that grief, I mean, it is, it, it's, you, you can't possibly know what that experience might be like unless you put that foot, one foot before the other and go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I always encourage, you know, parents to at least try and locate a group that's specific for parents would would be better, right? Because yes, I agree. Those, you know, you can't, sometimes you can't mix all those different losses. No, you can't. It, it, you hear from parents who try a grief support group for generic grief and, and they try and sometimes it works, but more often than not, it just doesn't because yeah. you might get in a conversation of they lost their spouse and I'm not sure if I'm ready to date again. I haven't been dating for 30 years or, you know, 15 years and the parents sitting there thinking I cannot relate to this at all. Not a good fit. I say if there's nothing else, then yeah, give it a, give it a whirl. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, really, the most the more specific that we can get to the type of loss that we had, I think, is what's most helpful. Um, and again, we all grieve very differently, but there are some common things that we experience while we're grieving. Yes. And so when you can sit with others that are saying the things that either you've experienced or saying the things that you've said to yourself mm -hmm. or to others, it's kind of like there, there's, there's healing in that. There is. And, and there's, a, there's something that just a relief that I'm not going crazy. I mean, I, I was wondering if I was hitting early Alzheimer's or something. I was just so forgetful. I mean, just nothing in my brain to even draw from I just total blank and yeah to to be around other parents to find out oh that's that's normal I went through that you know I'm in the same place too right now or whatever for people who haven't experienced it it may sound like oh that sounds terrible but for those of us who are in that suffocating darkness and the confusion and all of that it's just it's a relief to know that okay, other parents went through this too. I'm three years into this and I'm still a mess. People, like you said, people are telling me I should be over this by now and blah, 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 blah. And, and I think I should be over this by now. And then you get around other parents and find out, no, <laughs> no. Getting over it has nothing to do with the journey of, of grief. It really doesn't. You know, you talk about certain things. I can remember when I first started going to the support group that we went to, I had been going back and forth to the cemetery and I did that mm -hmm. like probably every day for I couldn't mm -hmm. tell you at this point how long. And I used to sit there and I'd find a stick or something. And for the longest time, you can still see the outline in the grave site where, mm -hmm. where, you mm -hmm. know, where Doug Aubrey was buried, or, yeah, buried. And I would sit there with the stick, like picking at the thing, thinking, oh, I just wish to God, I could just take her out of there and just be done with this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I couldn't tell anybody that because they would think, yes. oh my gosh, there's something wrong with her. She's up at the cemetery. She's losing day. it. She needs to, she, she needs you know, a, a psychiatric help. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, I don't, again, I don't know the, the time span. I went to one of the group meetings and another mom sat there and talked about how she went up to the cemetery and that her family thinks she went too often. And she would sit there trying to figure out ways she was going to dig up the grave. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh. 
Yes. I was like, you know, that was something I wouldn't share with anybody. So there, exactly. there is a lot of comfort and a lot of help in support groups. And I wish that more people would take, you know, take advantage of them more. And again, I know this time period now is kind of mm-hmm. hard for that, but um, I, I just don't know how people don't get, how they get through without that support. Right. And the other thing that I found interesting in my early time was most people are on Facebook. And so you start digging for Facebook groups and it just seemed like at the time, now I'm almost nine years, it'll be nine years in October, but even nine years ago, so much of the books I would get or the Facebook pages were so dark. They were so hopeless. And I think it's because in those pages, you have all these parents who are in that beginning darkness. And then you have parents who are like, I should be past this by now, but it's, a, but it's still dark and nasty and messy for me. You're never going to get over this. It's always going to be this way. So it's really important, I think, another reason to connect with support groups so that you're not connecting with people who are going to continue, you know, tell you that kind of a story because that's where they are. Whereas when you can connect with a group and sit there and fellowship and talk, you find out, no, it's not always going to be like this. Again, I found, I find groups to be the most helpful, you know, when families ask me, you know, what can I, what can I do for my, my sister who's lost her child? I tell them, just try and encourage them to go to a group, offer to go with the mom and the dad, you know, that they need the support and, you know, closest family and friends just oftentimes aren't able to provide that support because they don't understand. And then that comes across as they're being uncaring when they're really not being uncaring. They just don't understand. And so their idea of trying to help you feel better and maybe take you out and try and get your mind off of it, not really that you're not Mm -hmm. getting your mind. It's not a matter of getting your mind off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and so I try and come up with suggestions that that might be helpful for people. And that is one of the main suggestions, whether it's a loved one caring for a, a parent who's lost a child or a person themselves. I mean, here's, here's what's available and you really need to look into these things and see what would work for you. Mm-hmm. you know, give it a try. You know, you talked about, you know, um, when you go to the support group, you, you worried you're going to feel worse when you left that first time. I tell people you might feel worse yeah. when you leave, but mm-hmm. please come to at least three meetings before yes. you decide that this is not for you. Yes, because I, I think that first time it's just another slap in the face reality and you feel like I shouldn't belong here. Right. And it's just that that uncomfortableness of I shouldn't belong here. Or almost that you're, you're going to that group. So again, that's you're facing the reality of, yes, I lost my child. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would you know, it's like, right. yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, upset you that in and of itself. Exactly. I, yes. I should not be here. This should not be a part of my life. And mm-hmm. obviously no, it shouldn't be, but children die. And yeah. And, and another thing is we had a woman that she came, I think twice, and then we didn't see her for like six months. And then she contacted me and said, is the group still meeting? Cause I'm ready now and I need something. <laughs> so it could be just a timing thing because we are yeah. all different. Oh, that definitely is. You know, I, I, in addition to telling people at least come to three meetings before you decide it's not something for you, I, I go on and say that, you know, maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe you need to wait a little longer because I have people who come through, they lost their child last week and I look at them, I can't believe they're sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay with that. But mm-hmm. then there's the next person that's way too soon. So yes. you know, it does depend. And the same thing with reading, you know, when you're reading mm-hmm. 
resources or information or books about grief. Yes. I tell people, reread it nine months mm-hmm. down the road, reread it a year and a half down the road. And don't be shy to do that. You know, when you're yes. sitting there, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to deal with Because you'll, you'll interpret the information different depending on where you are. In your yes. So you might read something that was there mm-hmm. six months ago, but you just didn't have the bandwidth right. that time to even absorb it, to, to yep. make sense of it. So I encourage people to do that as well. If you can, whatever you can get your hands on to, to read, you know, don't think, well, that's just beginning grief and that's just for that. Mm-hmm. No, you know, yes. months into years later, reread yeah. things that can help you. Yeah. I, one of my, the funniest stories I have on, on uh, one of my books, When Tragedy Strikes, a mom got it and she started reading it and threw it across the room. <laughs> she was so mad, <laughs> but eventually she picked it up and a few months later she started reading it read it three times and keeps it by your bedside you know so you're right i mean it's just it's such a process it's a lifelong journey and we're going to go through all these seasons and what worked then might not work now what didn't work then it's just we have to just and and that's another reason to connect so that we can help each other and walk with each other and encourage each other and and the long haul you know, for the long haul, not just yes, the exactly. long haul. I mean, it's, 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 it's our lifespan is a long haul and yes. carrying that with you for the rest of your life. I, I, I think I recognized that pretty early on. I said, I'm going to live the, re- I'm going to walk the rest of the days on earth without my child here with me. Mm-hmm. You know, that has just always been a real, you know, when it really sunk in and, and mm-hmm. you know, that's been my realization that, yeah, the rest of the days of my life, I'm going to walk without that child and on, on this earth because I, you know, I right. Yes. Is and all that, but um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a harsh reality. And so, um, there's many times that we need support, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you can say this as well, but I, I found through the years, cause it's been so long that some years were harder than others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've discovered that already. Than others, some and it doesn't make any sense. There's and it no does, I reason to it. You, well, it was 10 years. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. There's yeah. no right reason to Mm-mm. it. Mm-mm. It is my journey. There's something that triggered it or whatever I learned that I couldn't ask why, you know, I mm-hmm. learned that if I was having a hard time with it, I didn't have to sit and figure out why I was having a hard time with it. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, my birthday wasn't coming up. Well, it wasn't the holiday or what mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. It's just, it, it's just, you don't weird. have to justify it to anyone or even yourself. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And a- another thing I, um, I, I will say, um, and I know you'll agree with me and some of my listeners, I may get some flack from them, but people, especially who don't understand the death of a child, well, how come you're saying one of the most important things you can do is get in a support group? You haven't said anything about they should be going to church. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many parents that, and I know you've dealt with it more than I have because you've been doing this longer than me, where it's almost like you feel like you're picking up the pieces of the damage that Christians trying to help will, you know, start quoting scriptures and trying to help us get the victory and, and all of those things. And that's not helpful at the beginning. It just isn't. We, we need to be loved on right where we are and we have to go through the grief journey. I mean, the Bible tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice, but it says to weep with those who weep and to mourn with those who mourn. And we just don't like that. And so for a lot of parents, and they're very angry at God. Yeah. They feel betrayed by God. All these things that come along with it. So 
for a lot of parents, that isn't the number one answer. It's not, you know, I think I have found that you could have had the person who, you know, went to church religiously every Mm -hmm. week, you know, practice their faith and what have you, whatever that was to them. And then they lose their child and none of that matters because again, Mm -hmm. they're so consumed with the grief. And then I have the people who didn't really have any formal, you know, religious background or, or traditions or anything that they mm-hmm. subscribe to that, that they are now searching, mm-hmm. you know, yes. searching for something is some, something that has to do with God. And so mm-hmm. I see both those things and everything in between. So, um, and, and again, I think that's, that's almost like the, the safety place of a support group. Right. When you find a, when you find a support group that isn't, because there are some that are out there that are, so neutral, they almost come across as antagonistic (laughs) towards people of faith. Um, So when you find a good support group, it's like a safe zone. (laughs) No matter which direction you're going, it's a safe place. It should be a safe place to explore your faith and figure out where all that is in this journey. And if you're struggling, it's okay. That's another reason to be in a group because you can find out it's okay. It's okay to be mad at God. It's okay to be struggling. And, and be surprised by that. I want to turn a corner here because there is another thing that you and I have in common, not just the death of our daughters, but we both love cruises. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dave and I, we love to cruise. And when Becca died, I had a couple situations where I, it was suggested to me that I take a cruise. And I kind of laughed it off. And when it came up the second time, I talked to Dave about it. And he actually, Becca died in October. And in December, I went on a five-night cruise by myself. And it was so wonderful. It was so wonderful. Because everything, I didn't have to think of anything but my grief. Now, it wasn't a, a grief cruise, a seminar, anything like that. But if I needed to be in my room and just cry or stand on my balcony and cry, play music, whatever, if I wanted to go eat, I could go eat and I didn't have to fix it. (laughs) I didn't have to clean up. I, if I wanted to go out and find a jazz band somewhere or, or watch a movie, uh, what was, I mean, it was healing because I could just rest within what I was dealing with. I just, I can't put it into words. Can you explain it better? (laughs) I don't know if I can explain it better other than, because again, sometimes there are no words for things that we experience, Mm -hmm. right? But um, as far as the, the, the grief cruise goes, you know, through the years, I don't know, you're going to, you're probably going to get into that anyhow, ask me how we got started with this. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. So go for it. Okay, good. So, you know, through the years, you know, I've been in this, what I call bereavement world. A lot of people had said, oh, somebody should put together a bereavement cruise. You know, there's all kinds of cruises for all kinds of topics and interests. And really it's true. There is. Mm -hmm. And there really wasn't anything that was ever done for grieving families. I think a couple of people had done something on the West coast at some point, some years ago, and maybe a couple other things, but anyhow, so I had been a travel agent in a previous life, and <laughs> I often thought when, you know, Bob and I would retire, which I don't think I'll ever retire, and he, he just did, mm-hmm. that we would, you know, escort groups to Europe. We particularly like Italy, and we said, you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll get, I'll get back into the travel agency business. Well, when we moved to South Carolina six years ago, I was kind of at an impasse with my, my business, Morning Discoveries, and I thought, you know, I don't know if I should do something with a travel agency. I really would like to put this, this grief cruise together. And, you know, maybe, and I had then met a lot of my colleagues that I've worked with and thought, you know, if we can come together and put together what we call seminars at sea. 
And so I bought a travel agency with the idea that I can then have complete control over everything that happens with the grief cruise because it's such a special group of people. It's not that I did not feel comfortable, you know, going to another travel agency and my yes. calling oh, and just I, yes. care of, I mean, you know, mm -mm, there's no. a certain way that you speak to people who are yes. grief. I don't ever, ever want to mm -hmm. cause any pressure or anything like that. Whereas maybe a regular travel agency, yeah, you got to book this, mm -hmm. group, what, you know, I would never do that. So, um, so yeah, so I bought the travel agency and started planning our first cruise, which sailed in 2016. We had a small group of people that came with us, and I can't even remember the numbers. I had like maybe 25 people, and it was, I couldn't even, like you said, there's sometimes no words to describe, but it was a, it was a three-night cruise, and we figured we'll give it a try for three nights and see how that goes, and we had this small group of people with us. The seminars were great. The presentations were absolutely phenomenal. We all had dinner together to the point where we were in the restaurant laughing and people were saying, oh, what group are you a part of? And we were like, you don't want to know. Exactly. You know, like, okay. We don't want so, your dirty looks. We do not. And, but, you know, and I think that what everyone realized and, and did talk about is that they really, first off, were reluctant to go on a grief cruise because mm -hmm. they didn't know what to expect. But that once they got there and knew that they were amongst other people who were experiencing grief, no matter how much time had passed, that that was a safe space. Mm -hmm. That was a safe space on a ship that had all these other wonderful things going on. And like you say, you know, food all day if you wanted it, <laughs> entertainment at night. And then we did all of our, our private functions with just the group. Everybody just loved it to the point where they were like, this has to be more than three nights. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, we'll see what we'll do. So the next cruise we did, we did a five night. And I think we doubled our numbers from the first to the second cruise. And again, it was wonderful workshops and seminars. And we, um, on both cruises up to that point, we were already doing our walk to remember on top deck, which was beautiful. We would do a remembrance ceremony and they've gotten better and better on each, each cruise. And it was the same scenario. We'd be in the restaurant laughing and dancing. And you know, it's like, <laughs> and people were like, this is just, this is just wonderful. And we had a lot of time to share um, everyone had time to share what they were experiencing and it was not a crying thing where people were just crying for five days. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we had our tears, you know, we, people shared their stories. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. And when that cruise was done, every single person said it needs to be longer. <laughs> five <laughs> nights is not enough. So we were like, live oh, on a ship. <laughs> so we did, did a little bit of research. We decided to go with a different cruise, you know, with Royal Caribbean and, and there's no turning back. I mean, their ships are gorgeous yes. and their meeting space is state of the art. So um, our third cruise was on, on one of their biggest ships, the Oasis of the Sea. And they mm -hmm. have a meeting um, conference center in the middle of the ship. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wouldn't know, you would think you're in a nice, you know, state of the art conference center. Yeah. So we felt that that was good for our group as well, that they have this nice space where we put up a memory wall. We were able to leave it there for the, you know, the seven days and, and all of that. And again, we, and I've got more and more presenters that were pr requesting to come with us. And I mean, I had like piles of presenters that we couldn't even take because mm. we just don't have the space to, to mm -hmm. have them present in the time we had. So, so it was wonderful. And again, and then we doubled again. And I think that cruise we had, I'm going to say 90, but it was probably 89, 90, something like that. Now so I want to clarify, this is a grief. Now the grief cruise that you're talking about is for any loss. Yes. It's for, so any it's loss. not just parental loss. Right. It's, it's, it's for any loss, no matter how much time has passed. I'm obviously lost to death because I do have people who call right, yes. they you know, had a divorce and they want to go because they're grieving. Right. Or not, not a loss of pets, right? 
people. No, we, we, <laughs> that's right. We, it's, it's a loved one who's yes. died. And so, and I do have had to make that real clear for some people, which is fine. And um, so, yeah, so we did that third cruise and it was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, just, we did a lot of like videotaping on that cruise. So we had a lot of content that we can then share to show people what we were doing. And it just kind of, I don't want to say it exploded because it didn't explode, but then the interest just started to increase substantially. And then we planned our April, 2019 cruise, which we all know, or two, yeah, 2020, mm-hmm. sorry, past April. Um, and as we, that was canceled. And so we had doubled our numbers to go on that and ended up canceling. And again, had lineup of presenters that was phenomenal. Um, and again, I, I work with every single person who books that cruise. It's not like I'm just any traveling, mm-hmm. taking a booking and then there's like, see you later kind of thing. We'll see mm-hmm. you on board. But um, I take care of every single person individually and, and work out what it is that they need. And, and I take a lot, of, a lot of pride in that because again, this is such a special group of people. Yes. Um, I don't ever want a, a guest to call and feel like, well, I've got to book this today or I'm going to lose the price. I mean, I tell people you think about it, talk it over with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really talk about words to describe it. I, I don't have exact words to describe the actual experience, but I can tell you that is an experience like you've never had before in your life. And it's absolutely special and beautiful. And you connect with these people. We've got our groups made lifelong friends mm-hmm. with the people that I believe it. across the country. Um, and we had last time we had people came from New Zealand and from the Netherlands mm. that joined us. I mean, it was really cool. Mm. And um, so it's just a phenomenal experience. Um, the presenters are just top notch colleagues of mine that I know and, and respect and just provide the different workshops. We do have um, in the previous cruises, we had a lot of workshops for grieving parents. We had workshops for widows and widowers. Um, we just, we had small group sessions at night specific to the different losses. So you have that one-on-one with mm-hmm. a small group, which was really nice. And we'll do that again on the 2021 cruise. Um, so yeah, it's just an onboard program available just to our group. And we have our private meeting space. So there's nobody, you know, there's a lot of people on the ship. Although I don't know now with cruising regulations, it might be half full. Um, We don't know about that yet, but we do have our private space and um, nobody else is allowed into that. We will still do our walk to remember, which is absolutely beautiful with our candles walking up top deck. People are like in the hot tubs looking at us like, (laughs) (laughs) like, what is this? Mm. Again, you don't want to (laughs) know. Just keep enjoying your time here. So yeah, it's just a beautiful experience. And and I I have to say, unless somebody, um, goes and experience that you can't possibly put it all into words it's just absolutely beautiful and it's been so healing for people it's made a big difference and i i just i believe it and and once i took my cruise and as we began you know this whole gps hope thing began growing and we became a ministry to provide support and resources my thought was immediately my end goal is and this was before i heard of the grief cruise my end goal was I have got to figure out how to take parents on a cruise together. This would be like the ultimate, the ultimate place of healing, body, soul, and spirit. And so then when I heard about this, it was like, oh, <laughs> we must connect. And we were, we were going to be presenters. There was a fall one also that yeah. got canceled with the covid and so we've just stayed in touch and it was it was like the second i heard okay it's a go we're talking to the cruise line it's like okay count me in count us in so dave and i will be presenters on this one in december of 2021 it's a western caribbean 
seven nights or six nights? It's six nights. Six, it's yeah, six, six nights. And we are actually going to have a GPS Hope track that is for bereaved parents. And it's for any bereaved parent that's in the seminar. They don't have to be associated with GPS Hope. And then Dave and I will also have a couple sessions that will be open to any grief. So if you're listening, please check this out. If you're even remotely interested, check it out. And I will give them our link because if you go through GPS Hope, then we get blessed with part of the seminar fee as GPS Hope for bringing you on board and being part of, of the seminar and the grief cruise. And so that link is gpshope.org slash cruise. And I'll put a link for that in the show notes. And then Linda, there are some deadlines and things. Why don't you just run through that real quick? Right. Yeah. Cause that's real important because there's so much uncertainty right now, particularly in the cruising world. Um, for our group, anybody who deposits on a cabin, it's required to deposit a $500 per cabin to secure your, your reservation. And that is refundable, fully refundable up until September 1st of 2021. So it's about a year from now. Um, so anybody who wants to book a cabin, put your deposit down. Um, people do pay per month if they want to, but any monies that are paid up until September 1st are completely refundable. At this point, I have no reason to believe that we're not sailing. Mm -hmm. um, but if in the event that, you know, the sailing got canceled by Royal Caribbean, obviously everybody would be refunded yes. regardless. And so um, either that or they'd give, be given the option to get a future cruise credit. Um, so the biggest deadline um, for that would be September 1st. Um, we do have obviously a limited number of cabins right now. I have plenty of ocean view balconies and I have a couple, I think, interiors, which usually people don't want the interiors, but mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, we have a really great price. And like yes, I, said, I was going to say with the price of the balcony, mm -mm, go for that <laughs> balcony. Know. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's just a whole new space to use and to enjoy and to relax. Mm -hmm. and there's something to be, like you've experienced that yes. on your cruise to be sitting there over the ocean. There's something to be said about mm -hmm. that. You know, the stars are out or what have you. It's so, so we, right now we've got plenty of balcony cabins, but once our cabins are gone, we can probably still get guests on the ship and they can be part of our group, but they would pay whatever the prevailing rate is at the time that they make the reservation. And right now the, the rates, the regular rates are very high. Um, I don't know if they're going to go down or if they're going to go up. Mm -hmm. There's no predicting that. Right. We've got such a great rate because we booked this probably at this point two years ago. Mm -hmm. And so, they honored that pricing since it was canceled. They did a little, they, they tweaked it a little bit, but it wasn't enough for me to say, no, we're not doing mm -hmm. it. So it's, it's right. It's, it's within a couple hundred dollars of what it would have been per cabin mm -hmm. anyhow. So I wasn't going to balk about that. Right, All right. My eating space in my cabins. <laughs> right. No. Thank you very much. We'll take it. <laughs> I did. Cause there was like, all right, I'm not, cause if I started all over again, Oh yeah. I was looking at the tremendous increase in yeah. per cabin price and, you know, we want it to be affordable for families. And I know that a cruise for some people is not affordable, which why a lot of people do take advantage of making payments every month. Mm -hmm. No interest on that. They just call me and, you know, put a hundred dollars on it. Mm -hmm. So that's available to anybody who would like to do that. And, and again, the biggest deadline is the September 1st for getting the person's, you know, full refund back. Cause mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to lose any money. So I would suggest if you're interested, if somebody's interested, just call me, ask some questions. I'll give mm -hmm. them information. I think that's a good start. Um, and then it'll be up to them to decide if it's something that they'd like to join us on, which I would love for everyone to join mm -hmm. us on. I'd love yeah. to have a ship full of people, which exactly. I don't know. But I just know what a beautiful experience it is. And we take such good care of our, our entire group. I mean, 
we tend yeah, I can't to wait. tell people, you know, that you can spend as much time as you want with us. You can go off and do your own thing. Well, I'd have to say 99% of our guests, they stick together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they do. They, they mm-hmm. stick together. We have dinner together. Um, they go to all the seminars and workshops and activities and events that we have. They go on short. And those are at sea days. Yes. The, so the, they're not uh, missing out on shore excursions or anything like that. No, there's, there's no um, seminars or workshops that are held on the days that we're poor. We have two days that are out to sea on this sailing, but every night we have an hour that we do our small group sessions, which are called Circles of Hope. So we have a, our, our meeting space that we separate out in three, four different tables, and we have a facilitator that runs each of those, those tables according to the type of loss. And mm-hmm. so people can come or they don't have to. We, we do it right after our, our dinners early. So we do that right after dinner, but before the show start. So Awesome. So we try awesome. And well, that, that answers out. one of my questions I hadn't asked you yet. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. now we all know. So, and just to remind people, if you go to gpshope.org slash cruise, there'll be a button you can push to request information. And that is Linda's form is what you'll get. And so you submit that to her and you will be talking directly to Linda. It'll just be through us. So, yeah. So just remind people of that. So Linda, how can listeners connect with you? I know you have, what is it? Morning? Morning discoveries. Morning discoveries. Okay. So if people want to check that out, where can they find out more about you or that? Well, they can. It's it's www.morningdiscoveries.com. M-O-U-R, as you would imagine. Um, and my website is more because I do work for funeral homes, so it's more geared towards, you know, okay. the funeral industry. Um, but also, you know, people can get, get with me through the griefcruises.com, so you can, you know, use that link. There's a mm-hmm. you know, you can sign up for, you know, e- to be on our email list, or you can, you know, just request information if that's all mm-hmm. you want. And my phone number's on there. I tell people, please call me. I'd rather answer your questions and give you the information that you're looking for as opposed to you wondering and searching and all of that. Because again, this is a very special group of people, yes. you know, and, and too much information is too much information when you're grieving. Mm-hmm. So I yes. work with, with, with folks that, you know, kind of helps them to get the information the way that they can interpret it and, and what's most helpful to them. Like I said, I'm not just sitting here selling cabins on a cruise. Mm-hmm. It's right. a very special group that is very well taken care of. So mm. That's uh, most important well, to me. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, yes, I think people can tell just by listening that, that it's something very special. So Linda, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm also going to put a link to the YouTube video, uh, Does It Ever Get Better? So if people want to hear us chat on that topic, they can, they can find the link for that in the show notes and, and go that direction too. So Linda, thank you so much. And I know you and I will be in contact with each other a lot between now and December, next December. Yes, that's right. Next December. Because some people look at that, they're like, this, this, this. No, it's 2021. And it's December 5th to the 11th out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. There we go. All right. Royal Caribbean Allure of the Sea is the name of the ship. And it's a big, beautiful ship. So perfect. All right. Thanks, Linda. Well, that is my talk with Linda this week. I hope that if you have struggled with finding a support group, not sure if it's the right thing for you to do, I just really encourage you to try it out. Find something, even if it's online, whether you're listening to this and the COVID's over or we're still in COVID and on some lockdowns, find a group of parents that can walk this journey with you. And of course, we're here at GPS Hope to do that. 
Let's go ahead and go on to our birthday segment this week. We have Giovanna Giannini, who was born on September 30th and is forever 20. Alia Henderson was born on October 1st and is forever 4. Corey Ryan Woodrich was born on October 1st and is forever 31. Joshua Konashevsky was born on October 2nd and is forever 24. James Gross was born on October 3rd and is forever 30. We know how important it is to still acknowledge the day our children came into the world and we celebrate these birthdays with each of their families. If you would like to have your son or daughter announced to our listeners and celebrated, I would love to be able to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's a form there to send in the information and I will add him or her to the birthday segment the week of his or her birthday. I really do hope you check out the cruise. You will get to meet and spend time with Linda, who remember Linda's highest honor is to enter people's lives and help make a difference. And I know she would love the opportunity to make a difference in your life and your family's life in this grief journey that we're all on together. If you have ever thought you would like a chance to meet Dave and me personally, this is even better than a coffee or an evening meeting. You can spend six days with us in the Western Caribbean as a combination of a wonderful tropical vacation and being ministered to. I'm telling you, there is nothing like it, and you won't want to miss it. So remember to go to gpshope.org cruise for details. Fill out the form, submit it, and you will be able to talk to Linda about joining us. And whether you're able to join us or not, always remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.